Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Without further delay. Without further delay. Your guru. Your guru. Uh, sorry. Your guide to a better life through real estate investing. Through real estate investing. Matt Terrio. Matt Terrio. Hey, this is episode 54 of the Epic Real Estate Investing Podcast. My name is Matt Terrio, the rat race escape artist. And if you haven't done so, go to freerealestateinvestingcourse.com where I show you step-by-step on how I escape the rat race and how you can do it too. I leave nothing out there. Everything is there for you and 10 easy-to-follow video tutorials. And and that's yours for free at freerealestateinvestingcourse.com. Now, if I'm sounding a little funny or a little different, it's for two reasons. One, I've got a cold. Again, this is like five and five months. I've got a stuffy nose and my ears are clogged and my head is ringing. And two, I'm currently on the road opening up Cashflow Savvy's fifth market this year and establishing my team of professionals in Kansas City. And, you know, just before I sat down to start recording, I noticed that I had forgotten the microphone that I use for podcasting. So right now I'm I'm broadcasting to you over my iPhone. Sometimes you just got to get the job done by any means necessary. So so here I am in a Kansas City hotel room talking into my iPhone, and uh, everything will be back to normal next episode. And, and hopefully the, the episode after that will be better than normal as I'm in the middle of signing a three-year lease for a studio and office space in Glendale, California. Kicking this up a notch. Taking your success up to that next level. I'm getting much more serious with the the podcast. Going back to uh, weekly episodes. Weekly episodes also of the Your Do-Over podcast and I'm going to be rolling out two new podcasts around your favorite subject. That's real estate investing and wealth creation, which brings me to today's episode. I recorded a very special interview last week just for you, an interview with an accomplished real estate investor, a very good friend, one of my best, and he's played a role as a mentor of mine in many areas of my life and business, and and I can certainly say that I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today, nor would I have accomplished what I've accomplished without him. He's played that important of a role in my life. And, you know, we recorded this interview last week, and we recorded it over Skype, which I never really have a problem with sound quality, but for some reason we've got a few rough patches in this interview. So be patient, and know when they happen. If you hear some dropouts or some static, just know that they're temporary, all right? And the the interview will bounce right back. So without further ado, today, for you on the Epic Real Estate Investing Podcast, I introduce to you Mr. Jay Massey. Jay, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. I am so glad that you're here as well. It's been a long time coming. Um, you know, as I, was, as I was introducing you, I was sharing with uh, the people here, the the listeners, that you know we we've had a very unique business relationship and a, and a good relationship, a great relationship. We've accomplished a lot together. You know, I've learned a lot from you, and you've learned a lot from me. I think, and we basically though started at the same time in, in this real estate investing venture. So why don't you just kind of start with your background and and let everyone know how you got here. Absolutely. Uh, definitely appreciate the opportunity to introduce myself to your listeners. And yeah, they already know that you rock. Uh, which is <laughs> good. And I'm glad that they're here for more quality content. Uh, the For me, you know, uh, like a lot of things in my life anyway, uh, they begin, and I began real estate by necessity. I didn't grow up thinking real estate was something I was going to do. Uh, I didn't know anything about cap rates and returns and all this other stuff. These are all things that uh, I've learned over time. But I started, uh, believe it or not, in the financial services industry, financial services, insurance, and financial planning. I was a licensed uh, representative for a while, not licensed anymore. So just want to be clear on that. And so I, I had access to all kinds of different financial products. What I liked about it is that I got to mess with numbers and help people. That was fun. And it felt like I was providing a solution. Well, it felt like that for a while. And unfortunately, uh, we've all experienced that new thing that somehow gets tarnished over time and you get disillusioned with it over a while. And that kind of happened to me when I realized that even after putting together these financial plans for people, they, they still didn't really have a shot at anything that was retirement. My, my challenge was that in this process, my own journey, I started playing a game called the uh, Cashflow 101 by Robert Kiyosaki. And I've had the fortune now of having 
uh, been able to play that game and instruct that game for almost a decade. Uh, I've even been able to do him in the room, and that was a lot of fun. But that game teaches some very basic concepts uh, about investing that I had never known, and I wanted to do them. I wanted to be in real estate. And being, you know, the normal scared person uh, that I grew up being, I didn't know how to make a switch. I didn't know how to make a change. I didn't know how to go from financial planning to insurance. How do you do that? That's an upending of my entire life. Mm-hmm. And so as things go, you know, sometimes our reality gets much worse and we finally get ourselves in gear. And for me, you know, my wife uh, experienced a condition known as hyperemesis. Most people don't know what that is. It just simply means that when she is pregnant, she can't consume bread or water. Um, so she couldn't even eat or drink. And that sent us into this downward spiral of fear and scared and didn't know really what to do. Uh, I stopped going. I had to make a choice. You know, do I go to work? <laughs> do I go to her bedside? And I don't fault anybody for making the choice of going to work. Because uh, it's, it's tough. That's a tough position to be in. And it's the first time that I understood that self-employment could be a challenge if you don't have a plan B or C or D or, well, E, F, or G, actually. And we didn't have any of those. We weren't taught that. So uh, what ends up happening is while my wife is going all of these medical procedures that I had never heard of, I get frustrated one day and I went to a volleyball and I have punctured my lung while trying to the ball and that developed a condition known as pleurisy and I have asthma. So now I couldn't walk and talk. My wife can't eat or drink. And we are in the situation where you can't walk or talk or eat or drink. It's kind of tough to live and get by day to day. Um, and we, we don't have any passive income. It's all active. And a friend of mine comes and says, Hey, I, I know the solution to your problem is that you need to be become a real estate investor. At the time, I was still selling our personal possessions online on eBay, uh, trying to make you know ends meet. And this was a solution. I was like, okay, it doesn't sound like a solution because aren't real estate investors supposed to have money and credit? <laughs> I'm like, right. I don't have either of those. So how is this going to be a solution for me? And and if you know that was the beginning of my transformation in the sense that I learned. Sometimes what we grow up thinking or what we think we know might not necessarily be true. Just because we've held it to be true for a long time, we may have never questioned it. And I I was able to question it enough to actually sit down, listen with an open mind. And yeah, that's kind of what happened is that they opened up this whole new world to me about, you know, retirement plans and how they can be used in real estate and, and what value really is and all these things that is now you know, uh, that has led you and I to be able to do some incredible things for people inside of real estate. I mean, it's, it's been a lot of fun, uh, right. I guess is what I want to, what I really want to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, indeed. It's, it's, it's been very, a lot of fun. It's, it's fun to work really hard and actually get results and make some money doing it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. The opposite. We've all done enough of that. Let's not. Right. The life of an entrepreneur can often consist of working really, really hard and getting not a darn thing in return. So, yeah, no, it has been fun. You know, one of the, when we first met Jay, we we were attending the same educational program and, and then we were in an office together. We started sharing an office and, and at the time, pardon me? I said, yes, we did. Yeah, definitely. You know, and at the time, as I was going through the education, I was, I was guilty of something that, that I know so many are guilty of because they send me emails about it all the time. I was getting ready to get ready. I was trying to learn everything first before I got started. And and as we were sharing an office and we got started at the same time, I noticed you had just, you know, you were processing some papers. And I was like, well, what are you doing over there? <laughs> and you were like, I'm wholesaling deals. <laughs> and that's kind of when I very first heard the uh, – the term wholesaling. I was like, how could you be wholesaling deals? I mean, I'm a real estate agent. I've had four years experience over you and you just figured out what real estate is. How come you're doing it and I'm still learning? Um, tell me tell me what inspired you to what was it that inspired you to take that very first step? That's probably the most common question I get from my listeners is I'm just having trouble getting started. How do I get started? And you know, I can totally relate because I was there at one time myself. <laughs> Who was it that, that helped you get started and and I'll guess what inspired it. How did it happen for you? Well, I, I would say that 
the the answer to that question is it's it's a matter of necessity. I don't know if you've seen the movie or if anyone has seen the movie Cinderella Man, because uh, they asked James Braddock the same question. You know, what are you fighting for? And he said, I'm fighting for food. I'm fighting for bread. I'm trying to eat. And and that's where it was. I mean, we were literally in a situation where if I didn't sell something on eBay on Friday, by Monday, we didn't have food. It wasn't, but we were, we had the times I can still remember where we would figure out ways to hang out at the in-laws house longer just so that they would feel obligated to feed us and the grandkids again. You know, it was because we didn't know how we were going to eat if we went home. Um, it, it was all kinds of things like that. And when you're faced with the fact that you made your wife a promise for better or for worse, and you feel like you're the person that is causing all the worse. And you feel like, you know, you like I, I dropped out of college because as I did, I, I'm not a college graduate again shape or means and I didn't necessarily want to go that route. It's just like, man, there's gotta be something better than this. Because having been a financial planner, I saw people that I'm like, dude, I, I may not have gone to college, but I'm smarter than you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I gotta be able to do something of value in this marketplace. Doesn't require a college degree. I mean there are so many examples and if we supposedly live in the land of opportunity, then wh- where is my opportunity? How can I create it? As you said, being surrounded by the right community of individuals who are taking action, then, you know, it helps you to stay, and, and the keyword here is get started and stay started, helps you to stay started as you experience roadblocks. I can't tell you the number of roadblocks that I experienced, but having the right coaches, having the right mentors, having the right credible, integrable examples. And then at the end of the day, I was more afraid of being hungry than I was afraid of messing up a contract or not getting deal right or looking stupid in front of an investor. It was like, look, if I don't do this, I won't eat. And I often say that I was given the gift of having no money and no credit because oftentimes most investors eventually run out of money and credit and they must learn how to do these things creatively anyway, uh, regardless of what they want to do, you know, whether it's single family or uh, like right now I'm doing apartments in, 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 in a shopping center. But it doesn't matter the size of the real estate. You still have to understand the techniques, not understanding them and being willing to apply them. They're two completely different things. And I, I've, I'm very guilty of being the uh, fire, fire, aim, then ready person. That's pretty much what I do. <laughs> you spend some time cleaning up my messes. Like I, I hired a bookkeeper way too late. I was 90 plus transactions in before I did that. That ended up costing six figures because the IRS wants their money. Uh, but you can get it fixed. It's just, I, I would have rather have done that than sat on the sidelines for those two years not knowing how the whole QuickBooks things work. And I was able to get something accomplished. I feel very, very fortunate because, uh, you know, I don't know that if I didn't have that strong motivation, I don't know that I would have been willing to overcome the fear uh, and overcome my perception of comfort. That that thing kills so many, comfort kills dreams in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, I was in a situation where I wasn't afraid any illusion of comfort. I couldn't tell anybody that I was comfortable. It's easy to see that I was uncomfortable, that, you know, you go out to eat and you order water and then they wonder, why aren't you eating? Well, the truth is I can't afford it. I have no money right now. Uh, I, I, if I eat, we, I, I don't know how, you know, it's like if I eat, I can't, I don't have gas. That, that puts a fire under me. I put the fire under people and, you know, I've got kids, you know, you, you want to be an example. How many parents, how many of us as parents have said, Hey, you know, little Johnny, little Susie, you can go be anything you want, but you know what? I'm just going to sit behind a cubicle and hide out and be afraid and never try to grow. Those thoughts really, really haunted me. And in fact, uh, I met a gentleman this past uh, spring who gave me a quote that encapsulates that to a degree. He said, he simply said, hell is to meet the man or in this man or woman you could have been. Mm. And I was just like, oh, wow. I don't want to meet the person that I could have been. I want to be the person. Mm-hmm. Man, you know, and it just motivated by things and 
you know, we've, we've got a good, strong network at church and praying a lot, crying even more, uh, is, is what it takes, but it's worth it. I mean, what else are you going to spend your life doing? I only got one life. I want to make it worth it. Absolutely. So the, what I, what I heard was, you know, and I, and I talk about it, it's the, it's the first lesson of my free course. It's the first lesson at the Academy. I've talked about it several times on the, um, on this show, almost to the point where people are saying, you know, just get down to the techniques, get down to the strategy, get to the tactics. Let's not mess around with all this rah-rah stuff. And what they're classifying as is, is rah-rah is very much the reason that you get started. Your why is what we call it. And right. it's, it's probably yeah. the most important part of this business because this business does get difficult. It gets challenging. It has its obstacles. And if that why isn't in place, those challenges and obstacles will stop you every time. I agree 100%. In fact, um, what I like to tell people and, and, and share is the, the questions you need to answer in order to have a successful business are thus, and you must answer them in this order. It is why, what, when, who, how. Why, what, when, who, how. Why on earth are you doing this? And Simon Sinek wrote an entire book on this. There's a reason there's an entire book written by one guy on why and starting with it. There's a reason because it is that important. And yes, we do get hoodwinked into thinking, well, if I just had all the right contracts and all the right techniques and all the right doodads, you know, electronic equipment. I mean, if I knew all the right marketing strategies, I mean, I, I, I didn't have a website for years. I'm just now building that. <laughs> you know, all of these things I didn't know. It are are so irrelevant in so many cases. It's most important just to go get started because you'll learn things to a completely different level. But if you don't have a reason to get up every morning, and it's got to be more to make money. You can't just, I want to make more money. Well, if you want to make more money, go get another job. You know, you've got to want to make a difference. You've got to want to be someone of significance. And, you, and most of the time, we've spent so much time helping other dreams come true, we've forgotten that we have them, let alone what they are, mm-hmm. and we don't give ourselves permission to express them. When's the last time you've been able to go around your friends and say, hey, you know, this is what I would really like to do with my life, and have that idea accepted and encouraged and nurtured, or are you too afraid that there's going to be criticism there? I mean, and, but those are the very things that will get us up out of bed, because if you, I mean, Easier, you know, say you make a quarter of a million dollars. All you got to do is get up, fight with traffic, do what the boss tells you, and then go home. Okay, that's a lot easier than accepting responsibility for providing jobs and taxes and housing. I mean, that's some of the basics of what a business owner has to do. Could you imagine? And that's and there's a steep learning curve with that, but it, it's not what we're taught. And again, it's, it's not that it's easier, it's just what's more familiar. What's more familiar to most of us, unfortunately, isn't what's best for us. Right. It's like, you know, we all know we should eat an apple a day. <laughs> we know that, <laughs> but we don't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it, it, it is what it is. The, the point I, I'm, I'm trying to say is I'm just trying to underscore vehemently. The one thing that I, I, I have on straight is why on earth I keep getting up doing this. All the other pieces, you can go find. You can go find someone who is good at doing the books. You can go find people who are good at the marketing. You can go find all of these other pieces that are there. And But you must become clear, crystal clear on who you are, what you represent. Like I said, you've got to answer those five questions. Why, what, when, who, how, in order. And then you'll know exactly how to create great business. You know the the other thing that you had touched on was uh, the the fire fire aim ready method. Um, <laughs> I, I have a, I have a coaching client. I haven't told you about him yet because I mean we're like only eight weeks into his coaching program. I had I interviewed him on the last episode, and uh, in eight weeks from not knowing one thing about real estate, he's done eleven wholesale transactions, averaging about five thousand dollars per transaction. In that eight, sounds like my kind of guy. Yeah, in eight weeks. 
and I, I've, I've gone out to, to St. Louis to visit him twice within those eight weeks because I was just I had to get some of that because I was like, what what's going on out here? How are you doing this? And so I went out and rode around with him and everything. And you know, he doesn't have a website, he doesn't have an LLC, he doesn't have a business card. <laughs> I stopped by his home office. It looked like a tornado went through there three times, and they did not clean up in between those three times. And <laughs> And I was just blown away. And now he's getting around to the point where he's got an assistant. He's having a professional organizer come in and fix up his office. And, you know, he's he's hiring all of those parts, those other resources that are available. But the part that's important is his why is in place. And he didn't wait to know it all before he got started. That if there's one thing that I hope you're everyone just heard that they that he did not wait until he knew it all to get started. And here's the fun piece. You're never going to know it all. So quit waiting. Right. <laughs> you know, <Right. laughs> it's like it always changes. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and because he went out there and that's what I love about it, because he went out there and got something done, he now has the resources to be able to bring in and fill in his weaknesses, which are very similar to mine. Cause I've had to hire people to come organize my office and calendar and all that, <laughs> which is funny. It's like we, you don't have to be the best at every piece of the business. You just got to be the best at a few, and then you can find who are good at the other pieces. I, I totally agree. And, and my hat's off to him. That is awesome, awesome work. Uh, I, I hope he continues to do so. Uh, when he hits that roadblock, because that ball roadblocks come just because he gets started, I hope he just continues to push through. And that, that's amazing. That's great stuff. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, okay, so I, I I know you started off your first few transactions were were wholesales, and boy, right. you've come a long way since then. That was what about three and a half, almost four years ago, I guess. And uh, uh actually, it's almost five years now. Believe it or not, is it five? Wow, time is flying. I know. <laughs> my 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 grandmother's a uh, um ninety second birthday was the other day. And she, I said, gosh, Grandma, you're 92. She goes, yes, I'm getting old. And I was like, I'm 43. Yes, you are old. <laughs> like, time, <laughs> time flies. Um, but uh, so bring, bring us up to speed because you've done – you're not just a wholesaler anymore by any means. And I think you mentioned shopping centers just a few minutes ago. So bring us up to how you become uh, – from going from a wholesaler to – Multi-units, multi-family, hundreds of units and shopping centers. What happened in between? <laughs> right. We, we should like be here a magic next, wand. Next few hours, right? <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Um, we, well, it, and it was ultimately that uh, something that Stephen Covey said. That, that was a great man. Um, he, he said, start with the end in mind. I knew I wanted to do what I saw in Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow game. I knew that I wanted that. I wanted to be a passive income investor. I, that's what I wanted. So I've structured most of my wholesale transactions to sell to the person that I wanted to become most like, which is a buy and hold person. So then I started learning from them what made a good deal, what didn't make good financing, what was horrible, what were the type, the good types of properties. What, and from that piece, I was like, okay, cool. This makes sense. Then I started adopting some of their beliefs about money and what is it used for and all these things. What happened is I remember because I would sell at this time I was, you know, wholesaling transactions and my fee was like only $2,000 at the time. It was just a small little single family house. And some of those eventually got up to $26,000, even done, you know, apartment buildings now, which is even a whole nother number. But the, the point is, is that in that process, you get paid one time. And what I saw was I could get paid my fee once, but people who today still own those jobs are getting hundreds of dollars a month, not to mention all the tax write-offs and the other benefits. And I said to myself, I want that. So I had to figure out, so I challenged myself to figure out a way to create, and here's, here was the magic. I wanted to create $20 a month of passive income. And I promise you, I have never worked so hard to create $20 in my entire life. Uh, but <laughs> that's what I had to do. It started out with $20, so 20, I want my goal was to find a property, be able to raise the capital, either from a hard money lender, private lender, whatever it took. Cause now that I understood what made a good deal, 
I figured I could talk to somebody and say, hey, we're going to use your money. I'm going to arrange the deal and make this happen. And that's exactly what happened, is that I was able to put together a number of small single-family houses and keep them. And I was like, awesome. It worked. And, you know, uh, through that process, I was like, okay, well, if it can work for one or two or three or four, I wonder if it could work for more. And that's about the time I started raising even more money. And when you and I started doing deals together, and I forgot how much we raised, but I, I think it was close to a million dollars. Um, and we went out there and did it all over again. And then, emboldened by my great success, I said, I can't fail, which we all know means is the precursor to I'm about to lose it all or something of that nature. And I went out there and I raised me again, and then I tried to do some fixing and flipping, and that did not go well at all. Um, and I'm, <laughs> But, you know, it is because uh, you take the good, you take the bad. So they, okay. And then from that process, I realized that, okay, now I've got a problem. I have to solve it. How do you solve a $100,000 problem? And I remember, I remember it clear as day. My accounter, or sorry, my accounting person at the time comes to me and because I was all excited because I did, I went back to doing small single family houses and I was all excited because I did a 200 a month uh, deal in Georgia. And I was like, yeah, look, we got another one at $200 a month. And she turns to me clearly and says, Mr. Jackson, you cannot be wasting your time on, on, on single family houses and $200 a month. And I was like, what do you mean? Don't you understand it's passive income? And I'm starting to try to teach her about passive income and why it's all this. She's like, yeah, I get that. And then she said, how long did it take you? And I, and I told her, and I was like, and she was like, yeah. And for that same amount of time, you need to figure out a way to do $2,000 a month every time you do all that. I was like, okay, well, how do you, how do you suggest I do that? And the you know, is you know, so knowledgeable. She goes, that's not my problem, it's yours. <laughs> I was like, oh, great, wonderful. And uh, I think that was around the beginning of 2010. And what happened is I was like, okay, well, the only thing I could think of was apartment building. That was the only thing I knew. I was like, well, an apartment building supposedly are going to be larger. And then I was just thinking it can't be too different than single family houses. I mean, and it, the process has to be very, very similar. So I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to apply this process to the same thing and do apartment buildings. And so I did the same techniques that I've always taught that I always do to go find an apartment building instead of a single family house. Then they came, and then I said, okay, let's go find someone who's willing to play this apartment game with me. And I found my first investor. They put up all the money. I did all the work, um, which is pretty much my structure uh, for most cases. And what ends up happening is we bought two 12-unit buildings within, like, I don't know, 60 days of each other. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And then I started doing the numbers on those 24 units because uh, we were able to get a killer deal on them. I mean, combined between both buildings, uh, we bought all 24 units for a purchase price of around $40,000. We had a lot of rehab to do. So we spent probably, uh, I want to say $250,000 on rehab on all of them. About $300,000 all in on 24 units, which still is good in my opinion. But at the time, those buildings, uh, we're easily producing $140,000 a year gross. And I was just doing the math. Oh my God, this is awesome. You know, this is thousands of dollars per month. And then I got hooked. I was like, well, shoot, that is the same work. And now thousands of dollars a month comes in as opposed to, um, you know, $200 or $100. And I began to get larger and bigger. And once you do it once, you know, one friend tells another friend, who tells another friend and tells their mom, who tells their cousin, who tells their third uncle. <laughs> and then, uh, what ends up happening is you, I just kept doing it since I found it, since I began to put a team together, all these things were going well. I was like, awesome. This rocked. And then, you know, last year, uh, probably uh, easily the most challenging years that I've had thus far since getting started. You know, we, we had some issues with one of our property managers and it, caused a big slowdown in everything. But this is when I learned uh, how to, the, the quality of the team, uh, the internal team that I had put together. My internal team came together. We were able to recover the buildings. We did have to sell one. I wasn't happy about it, but that's okay. Uh, we did have to sell one. And 
now <laughs> those buildings are approaching 100% occupancy again. Uh, so, and I literally, as we speak today, uh, negotiating on a 139 unit building, 119 unit building, and I think 181,000 foot shopping mall. Wow. Um, oh no, that's no, gross land area. So that includes parking, etc. So I'm working on all three of those while negotiating at the same time uh, to purchase another package of uh, 200 houses, uh, so that you know for smaller investors, so that they can buy them and you know kind of do the same thing that we've done before. So I'm doing all of those things now, but it was based on having so much experience, having things go well, having things wrong. And the key thing for, I want to say to you, you know, your people and your audience is that they understand that investors, what they're looking for is not so much that you know what to do when things are going right. They want to know that if it goes bad, you can fix it period. And because I've had things go bad. There are some people where, especially the deals in Indiana, those went horribly, horribly. I'm still paying them back, but they're getting paid back. That's the key. Mm-hmm. I didn't leave them high and dry. Does that make sense? I mean, those things are key. Those things are important. And learning to build bigger, better, stronger teams is, is, is amazing. And here's the funnest part about last year. Even though last year was horrible, what it did is that it put us in relationship with some higher level people who had the ability to help us locally and they came to the table, totally helped us. And because of all these new relationships right now, we're in the process of planning a, uh, an event with the NBA, the national basketball association mm-hmm. uh, to happen for some of our tenants near one of our buildings. And what we're, <laughs> I'm so excited because I'm going to get to teach while we, so we're going to have NBA players there, which is great. And then what we're going to have is a, a, a session where I get the privilege of teaching cash flow, the game, to the kids, to the parents. And hopefully, if I get my wish, I'll be able to teach the NBA players as well. Giving back the very same thing that got all this stuff started for me. And I'm just, I'm just excited about it. Right. Right. That's awesome. Congrats. I got to get you on the, the podcast more to figure out what's going on in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Because you certainly don't share it when we talk on the phone. <laughs> um, I'm uh, there's, busy, there's... A, or not really, but kind of. I, I, I assume everybody's busy and doing fun stuff, you know? That's yeah. the whole point. That's what I mean by this stuff is fun. No, totally. If you're so busy, it becomes normal. It, it does come. I mean, yeah. you know. We, we, I, you know, last year I certainly had to pinch myself several times, for sure. It was just, it does get fun. Um, something, I mean, there, there's so much stuff that you just said that, that we could all, all talk about and, and, but there's one thing I want to go in on or focus in on, you know, the most popular question I get is, is just, I'm having trouble getting started. Can you help me get started? How do I get started? The second question I get, and it's probably, they're probably neck and neck, but is where do I find the money? How do I find the money to do my deals? <laughs> and you and I have, we started out in this business without a, <laughs> excuse the expression, a pot to piss in. We had nothing. And I've tried to explain so many times in so many different ways of how I found the money. And I'm just, I'm not even going to offer my input on how I found the money because they've heard it several times. Tell me, let's, let's go start with, let's go with how you did find the money. And then the second half of that question would be, if you had zero today, where would you start? And what would you, what would be your first step? Let's do that. Got it. Okay. Um, and I, as you can imagine, I get, I definitely get this question because people ask me, you were, you were homeless, you were squatting a bank property. How on earth? I mean, most of your listeners, uh, they got to understand my credit score. When I started, it was a 398. I've not found too many people who can beat that number. <laughs> you know? I did not um, that low, actually. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> and, and they wondered, you have no money, no credit. How did, you, how did all this happen? And I, I, I call it, the, there's a process. You're in a path or path to becoming, path to becoming a, a real estate investor. And there, you, you just got to understand how to reallocate your own resources. For example, right now you, you have a certain level of desire. That certain level of desire, with that desire, you're doing certain things. You desire to go to the movies and that's what you do. And 
you just misallocated your time, which is what you have. I had desire and I had time. That's actually a resource. And then as Tony Robbins has said, it's not about resources. It's about your resourcefulness. And we, we discount our time as if it's not valuable. Well, here's the truth. It has little value when you don't have much knowledge. The good news is knowledge is the easiest thing to obtain. So in looking back, this is what I realized I was doing. I took my desire and started my desire took that desire and invested in education, and that's where I spent my time. Now, that education wasn't just technical knowledge. It also has to do with skill sets. That's the next step. You must take it, from, take your time to invest in new skill sets. Those new skill sets are, you know, maybe you don't like sales, but you want to do real estate. Well, good news is, is that if you learn to do sales, you can do real estate. The bad news is, you might have to change who you are in order to do sales. But if you learn it, that skill set is yours. But what also happens is that that skill set puts you into new relationships, contacts, new people come into your life who you did not know before, but you now know. New relationships, as you demonstrate to them that you that you do what you say you're going to do, that even when things go wrong, you fix it, that you are willing to be held accountable no matter what happens. Um, as you go through the piece, what ends up happening is they begin to trust you and you build character with them, which is given, they therefore give you credibility with what it is that you do, credit and credibility. That's the true credit. We used to think of, we, when, I, when we say credit these days, most people think of, a uh, three-digit number, and just understand that credit was—it's it, not a number. FICO is a marketing thing at best. I wish I had control of it, but I don't. <laughs> but we still—we subjugate ourselves to a number, and credit is—is is not what we currently call credit today. And so, as I was saying, with those new skills, you've got new people that you're surrounded by. Those new people assign a certain level of credibility to you, which is great. Uh, which true credit that you need with that credit or credibility, this is what you do. You learn to sell them a solution to their need, which therefore produces cash. This is what I did with wholesaling. Uh, so all those steps came before you actually did the deal. You're doing all those things. And then what ends up happening is you learn, you use your time to create something of value. And then because you have the appropriate credibility, people buy it from you. And then the next step happens is that people say, well, I don't want to do it. How about you do it for me? And then you say, okay, cool. Well, we're going to need this much of your capital, and I'll run the deal. So now you can create cash flow. And then from that cash flow, depending on what you're doing, you have the ability to create equity, be that found, for stays, passes, all these different types of equity. And with that equity, you then become a person of significance where people want to know what you know and they want to follow you and your kids and your friends and your family all wonder, what on earth are you doing? How does that work? And you get to have completely different conversations, which, again, completely new people, which then starts the cycle all over again. Now that you begin to have some level of influence among your peers, you've got to take your desire and double down on your time to be able to reinvest that time into even bigger and better skill sets. Who knows? You might be invited to, to speak on stage and, and <laughs> you might even start your podcast, right? You, you've got to double that down and, and reinvest in other people. And that's what's great about you is that that's what you've been doing for a number of years. And, and I know there are a number of people who are going through this process with you and because they're going through it, like that guy you were just talking about, you know, they're experiencing various levels of success and quickly because you're clear on what it is that they need to do. And you can follow the path when it's laid out for them that way. The, the thing that really gets me is that I know that I can play any game if I'm taught the rules. And if we were taught what you and I have been discussing just now when we were little kids, our lives would have would look totally different, totally different. We would have made different choices. But you know what? The good news is, is that they're listening today. They're listening to this, and now they have a shot at having a completely different life. Yep, it's never too late to do what you could have done, right? 
Exactly. <laughs> or never too late to be who you could have become. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. Because you don't want to meet that person later. Right. You really no, don't. That, that, that would be hellish. <laughs> um, awesome. So in this process, and this is something I've been struggling with, and um, is how to create a course or how to create a step-by-step instruction or even just a step-by-step list because when you go through that process that you just you know so eloquently and thoroughly drew out there's there's so many things in there that you I don't know if you can teach it or predict it other than you know if you just stay in action and the harder you work the more opportunity and quote-unquote luck will come your way would you agree with that? I I would agree, but I want to change the definition of the word luck. Sure. <laughs> because some people take luck and think that that it happens to do with some sort of chance. I mean, Malcolm, I think it was Malcolm Gladwell, wrote a book called Outliers. And and once you become or to become an outlier is, is goal. And then once you are one, stay there uh, because different things just happen for you. The world responds differently to people who take action. And that response is what some people interpret as luck. Uh, Saki called it laboring under correct knowledge. And if that means uh, I'm now laboring under correct knowledge, then that's fine by me. I'll take that kind of lucky all day long. Uh, And and that's the whole point. it, It does take a lot of preparation, but you know, people have also said that luck is where preparation and opportunity both meet. Right, right. And, and that's that's why I put luck, why I went quote-unquote luck, because people perceive it as luck. Um, but I just, I don't know, maybe we can, I had no idea I was even going to go this direction on, on this interview, but it, it it's, your conversation, sure. our conversation has led me to a way of, maybe we can help put this together in a way where, you know, if you do the... Gosh, I don't even know how to say it. Just to raise the money for your deals, to get to the point where you're doing deals, whether it's your money or other people's money. You know, that first step mm-hmm. is, is you talked about, you know, you have certain resources, and the one resource that we all have is time. We have a choice on how to allocate our time. And then right. the second step was, okay, if if you want something that you don't have, you need to learn how to get it. So the second step, I guess, would be to allocate your time towards education, Right. Education, yeah, sure, absolutely. Okay, so then step three. What, what that education's got to become skills. It's got to become a new skill. Okay, so that how do, how do we get from has to be a new skill? Right. So how do we get from education to skill? Practice. practice. You got to practice what it is that you're being taught. Practice drill, rehearse. That this is where most rubber meets the road, and most people quit. Mm-hmm. Is because to because it and because I've said this before. There are two things that's impossible to do simultaneously. You cannot learn and look good at the same time. And as a human being, we're such proud creatures sometimes that we're not willing to be embarrassed or willing to fumble and willing to try something new until we understand everything about it so we can look as good as possible to ourselves and friends. We have very fragile egos, and it prevents us from actually taking action. But it's that very taking action, that very practice. And by definition, the word practice means you don't know how to do it. I mean, what, if you really want to think about that concept, why is it that lawyers and doctors still have a practice? <laughs> you get to practice law and they practice medicine. That should scare you right there. <laughs> but that's right. a whole other story, right? Uh-huh. But when it comes to real estate, we're supposed to know how to do it. We don't get to practice real estate. We're supposed to know everything to begin with. And the thing that makes the leap is taking that education into practice. If you don't practice, it it never becomes a skill. Whether that's you got it, okay, say you got to learn to sell. Okay, that means you must find something that you can sell and and earn income from it. You got to learn to practice that. There's a certain skill set just to that. And I don't care what you sell, you just got to learn how to do it. Part of that, part of learning how to sell, is actually learning how to communicate. Not just in, in 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 written form, but verbally, face to face, over the phone. That's a, again another skill set. All of those skill sets are, are what compound over time. You there's a compounding effect as you begin to learn 
those skill sets. And depending on how you run your, your real estate business, uh, you, you must learn the skill set of what I call the skill set of a CEO. Like the CEO isn't the one collecting the rent, okay? And they're not the one fixing the toilet. So that means you've got to learn the skill set of managing a team. And I can, I can for hours in the lessons I learned last year on how I messed so much of that up. But the, the point is, is that you still got to be willing to practice and learn that skill set so that you have it. Right. Uh, so that yes, then you take that skill set into new, you know, new people. You're gonna meet new people, new relationships, new what you know, new acquaintances, associates, whatever you want to call it. Right. Okay. So let's just let's let's settle on practice again. Let's just clarify. And you kind of alluded to it when you talk about you know you practice medicine or you practice law, but they're not you know in the gymnasium doing reps of you know litigation. They're actually in the the real courtroom. <laughs> doing their litigation and they get better with each case that they get. And I would, so that's what we mean by practice is like, I don't want you to practice writing contracts and that, and wait till that becomes a skill. I mean, obviously you want to go through it a couple of times. So you're familiar, but you really need to take that practice and that activity out into the real world. So it's not all practice you got to do also. They, they kind of, they, I don't know if there's another Absolutely. word that can combine those two words together, but just wanted to clarify that the word you're looking for, what am I, I was going to say, I think the word you're looking for is, is simulation. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a simulation phase, just like we do with our military. We mm-hmm. simulate for a while, we simulate for a while, and then <clears throat> what happens is that uh, we then put them in the real thing. And then we put them in the real thing with training wheels, but then we put them in the real, you know, uh, F-16, F-18, uh, black, whatever it is that they're learning to fly. And then over time, just like, I mean, you know, you having, you know, been, a Marine, you didn't start off with live ammo. This is true. <laughs> I hope not. But anyway, <laughs> you eventually worked your way up to live ammo. You didn't just, but you may have started reading about, you know, the M16. You may have started reading about the rifle. Then you had to learn how to take care of the rifle, how to clean it uh, from a book. Then you had to practice it. And then someone watched what you did. That's where the community comes in. That's where all those safeguards and and being a part of your academy and all this stuff comes from. That's what a coach is for, is to help you uh, during those practice stage, to take it from just theory to the actual, you know, uh, experience, so that you you have evidence that you can indeed do and succeed at doing this. What the difference is, is how quickly that you go through that stage. I mean, some people, let's just say, for example, because Tony Robbins talked about this a lot, if it took, if I told somebody, that it takes 2,000 phone calls to be good on the phone and get all this and be able to raise all the things you, you needed. Some people are going to take 20 years to do 2,000 phone calls, and others are going to do it in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Still 2,000 phone calls either way. Right. The point is, is how quickly and intensely you practice because if you, yes, you need space repetition, but it's hard and difficult for us as humans to learn something if we space it out too far. We must practice with intent, with purpose and focus in order to make the quote-unquote quick overnight change. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Perfect. That's a great analogy. You know, as far as the military, I can certainly relate. <laughs> you know, and when they – and the one thing I just kind of wanted to point out and expound on that, just with the sentence or two on that analogy, is that when they did give me live ammo – I still was by far not an expert or a competent rifleman, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Right. but they did give right, me live right. ammo and, and, you know, so it was, right. I did have to take some shots even when I still was very unclear as to what I was doing and wasn't sure if I was going to hurt somebody or not, <laughs> but uh, thank, thank God I did not hurt anybody. And, uh, and the one thing about real estate is no one is going to die investing in real estate. So well, you hope. I hope, yes. <laughs> but I mean, there's nothing fatal like a like a bullet, you know, involved of live ammunition. So there really is nothing to be afraid of to just get started. That's kind of where I where I wanted to end up. Yes. And then once that does be, start becoming a skill, so now we've gone through, we've gone how we're going to allocate our time. We're going to educate. Then we're going to start to practice and simulate. And then from there, you know. 
what I think really happens, and it's the hardest thing to teach, is the hardest thing to to convince people and you know um, have them to have faith in, is when you're in action and when you're demonstrating skill, and whether that's a beginning skill or an expert skill, it does attract opportunity. It attracts people. It attracts situations into your life that all of a sudden starts to make, you know, the business a little easier. Would you agree with that? That And that, yeah, absolutely. Here, here's my personal case in point right here. Mm-hmm. When I first started, I, I, okay, and this may be challenging for some people to hear, but I am naturally an introverted person. I don't like talking to people. It's not something I do on my own. Accord. You take me to a party and I look for the darkest corner, hang out there, find some meat and cheese and out. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. That's like where I go. But my mentor challenged me. He said, look, if you're going to succeed at this, you need to learn to speak in public. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> you know, that was my response. <laughs> and I went kicking and screaming to Toastmasters and, you know, and being me, I was like, well, if I'm going to do it, let me just do it. Let me do everything I can do with inside that space. Here's what is important. Uh, I've, I've been able to win a number of awards for Toastmasters, which is great. But that's not the payoff point. The, the payoff point comes much later. So this was back in 2008. And then in 2009, I started doing presentations. And, you know, I, I instruct across the country. I've been able to do some coaching and clients, all this other stuff. But here's the point. Because I was comfortable speaking, I started teaching cash flow to groups, to groups of people. Because of that, I was in a position to be prepared and ready when the call came that Mr. Kiyosaki was going to be in a room and you were, and I was going to be the one to actually do the instructing. Mm. But that started five years ago, four and a half years ago, learning how to be comfortable in front of the room teaching someone else's game, mind you, to a group of a hundred and plus people and they're in the room. That is, is the whole point. But had I not been proficient or learned to become proficient or over time with just speaking, right. that opportunity would never have existed. Now that's not something I was planning on ever happening. I couldn't, I can't make that happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Opportunity and preparation came together because we to be in action no, without understanding where it was going in a lot of cases. Right. I just knew it's something my mentor said I needed to do. Right, right. You know, and for those that are listening, because you, you cut out a few times there, Jane, I just wanted to clarify that um, the, the, ca- the, the game, the board game, Cash Flow Savvy by Robert Kiyosaki, it is indeed a game, but it is also an exceptional education piece, an exceptional training piece. And, and a great way to bring people together to, to get them aligned and united on one conversation. And one thing Jay has used over several years now to create and build his business is use this game, cash flow, and and train people and show people how to play the game and just watch their watch their whole experience change. Their their you know the the lights go off, the light bulbs go off, and they it's, things start to click, and they start learning how to implement the things that we talk about on this show and that we've been talking about today in their real life. So Jay's been doing that for a long time, and what he found himself uh, was it on the cruise ship. Yep, yep, yep. Jay went on a cruise, and he was asked to lead a very large group of people in this game of cash flow. And it just so happened that Robert Kiyosaki was on the same cruise and in the audience listening to Jay teach his own game back to him. Now, you're right, Jay. You couldn't have planned that in a 100 years. <laughs> but, <laughs> no. but those are the types of things that, that skill produced. Those are the types of situations and the circumstances, the opportunities, and the luck that skill produces. So great example. Exactly. Yep, perfect. Okay, cool. So once you get the skill, you know, and then you just keep on and just staying in action and staying in motion, these things happen to you all the time. And it's to the point now where, you know, Jay and myself, we don't really have to do a lot of prospecting and, and marketing. It's, it's because of all the hard work in the marketing 
in the prospecting, in the direct mail, in, in the internet, and every other conceivable thing that we've ever come up with, because we've come up with a lot of them of trying to generate leads and generate <laughs> business. We've done some pretty silly things. But and, and everybody has to start there because you have to generate the leads while you're developing the skill and so you can simulate and practice what you've learned. And now we get to the point where, you know, our phone rings and, and people ask, hey, I've got 40 properties. Would you like to buy them? And you just right. keep stay in motion and then the business does get easier and, and it does get fun. It's just unfortunate that there's so many gurus and, and, and people out there that misguide people showing that part first. <laughs> you know, right? And right. It just, it just uh, you know, I do think that many of them probably started out okay, and and then something happened along the way. And I think the key is, is that they they stopped actively participating mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of cases in the real estate market. And that's like the one thing that I tell everyone I know is that uh, I I will stop teaching, I'll stop speaking today uh, about real estate anyway when I stop doing it. That way, you know, uh, everything I'm talking about is based upon likely what I did last week, <laughs> you right. know, uh, because that that's where the, you know, information is only as relevant, is, is directly relevant and in, in according to its timeliness. You know, if you tell me how real estate worked in 1970, that's not too useful today, uh, but I, I need to know how it worked last week, last month. How is it working today? And if we can... You know, uh, if your listeners can continue to support people like you who are making sure that they're out there actively participating, uh, I think the quality uh, of the information and that they receive will improve over time because they'll vote with their dollars. Like, look, this guy's still doing it, and because he's still doing it, I'd rather listen from. I'd rather listen to him. He doesn't need the flash and the showy and the and the glamour and the commercials, etc. Um, those are useful, at least be integrable examples at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and each and every one of you will have the opportunity to now start listening to Jay. He just launched his own podcast after you know, a couple years of my strong encouragement and recommendation. He finally did launch that <laughs> podcast. It's, uh, and I'll let Jay talk about it in just a second. Um, it's Cashflow Diary. It can be found right here next to mine on iTunes. And so definitely... He's got a wealth of information, as you can probably already tell. He's very much demonstrated that. And so you can tune into his podcast, download his podcast as well. But you did mention something, Jay, that I want to talk about before we before we go is, you know, you talked about what's going on today. So let's talk about real estate today. You know, how, sure. kind of give me an overview of how you see the market, where it's going, and what you're doing in response to where you feel it's going. Got it. Uh, well, there, there are a number of things that are that are going on. I mean, we've got a, a, an intersection of macroeconomics. We've got an intersection of real estate and various different asset classes, uh, all converging and, and being uh, moving simultaneously. And, and it's our job to to understand where the opportunities are, what to avoid. Uh oh, you there? You know, it, depending on the sector uh, on, you're Jay, referring you, to, whether Jay, you, you'd cut out oh. there for about five seconds. Oh, okay. Can you rewind? All right, six seconds. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, ask the question again, please. Sure. Well, we have a convergence right. of certain asset classes and the difference Got between it. micro and macro. Something. Go ahead. Got it. <laughs> Got it. So we, so what we've got going on in the marketplace is you've got convergence of many different things. You've got uh, convergence of macroeconomics. You've got convergence in crises inside of uh, currencies, uh, as well as different asset and asset classes. So you've got to understand the sector that you're playing in and how that is relevant. For example, in the single-family house space, uh, that looks different than uh, to me than the multifamily space, which looks different to me than the commercial retail, commercial office, commercial industrial space. Uh, here, here's the point. If we're in a situation, and depending on what you believe is how you should respond. So for me, I tend to believe uh, that our dollar is in trouble. Now, that's not necessarily in and of itself a bad thing. The question is, is how can I put myself in a situation where I can profit from and benefit people in the meantime from doing that? the same thing happened back in the Depression, et cetera? So what is it that you can do? You can, and for me, that means allocate my time to understanding 
real asset. That is real estate. That could also be precious metals. Uh, that could be anything as crazy as Bitcoin. And I don't know if your listeners have been paying attention to the news, but hearing about that. Uh, but, you know, we're diversified across so that we understand how each of these things react to the current marketplace. When people get poorer, that means that higher-end real estate might be in trouble. Simply, they can't afford it, their job goes away. So you may want to shift your assets towards the things that people who, the lower end, the quote-unquote lower end of things, simply because they mean that that's what's affordable, which could also mean that you, you, your rent may also be in jeopardy in terms of going down. So when you're negotiating deals these days, you need to keep some downward, you need to uh, negotiate with a tax so that you know that you have some if downward pressure enters the marketplace where you are, you have the ability to sustain that downward pressure and still uh, maintain control of that particular mortgage. And that's what sort of our debt is for, is to control the asset. Uh, additionally, uh, things like uh, since we have this devaluation going on, uh, that means you may want to be the one acquiring more debt. Because in a hyperinflation or inflationary situation, that gets cheaper over time and gets revalued, which is great you know, for those that are, that are the dead ores. You're the one receiving the payments, maybe not so much. Um, but again, that depends because the, the opposite could also be true. So it, it, all of those things have to play into uh, what I term your investor identity and who it is, that, where you want to play this game. Uh, there's actually a play, especially right now in California, uh, for raw land, uh, because at some point we're going to need to build something somewhere again. So that and it, and it makes a whole lot of sense to do, uh, but for those who are interested in, in things like that. But as the macro and microeconomics change, the most, probably the thing that I'm most concerned about, that I look at, no matter what marketplace I'm going to, is the job mix and job durability. Like, can these jobs, when I say job mix, is it all one industry? You know, is it all entertainment or is it entertainment and also finance? That's what I mean by job mix. I want a wide diversity of job mix. Additionally, I want job diversity, or sorry, durability. Because if the job can be easily and efficiently sent offshore, I think that job is in jeopardy. Because there are millions of other people who have been educated by our schools who go back to their own country who are now able to work because of advances in technology. They're able to work from, quote, unquote, home. And home is in a completely different country. And they're, because they're in a completely different country, they can work significantly less, which becomes an efficiency magnet for the person running the business. You know, when you look at large companies, and you see them sending jobs over there, it's not because they want to, it's just cheaper. And they have a responsibility to shareholders to produce a profit. Well, you can't produce a profit under certain guidelines here. Uh, so that also then gets us into the whole political arena, right? So all of these things intersect and affect where you do business at real estate. So, you know, I look for those jurisdictions that are very business friendly. Uh, I look for those jurisdictions uh, that have very diverse and durable job markets that have infrastructure that cannot easily be moved. You know, uh, there's a, a marketplace out there that, that has a river, and rivers don't move that fast. They can't be offshore or outsourced. Uh, it's not going anywhere because the river is going to be there, and because it's still a working river, it, it works out very, very well that the jobs related to that are going to still be there. So the, those are the types of things when I look at the real estate market that, I, that I'm looking at uh, so that I can make sure that I, I place capital where it goes. Because, you know, the are, that's like a sacred trust. They're, they're hoping you know this stuff. They're hoping uh, that they're investing in the fact that you have the time to go find this, these things out, the time to develop these relationships, to know it. Because one of the great things about real estate is that you can actually, quote, unquote, profit from insider information <laughs> <laughs> right you've got to go find you've got to go find that inside information as best as you possibly can so that you yourself and your investors can and, and more, you can provide clean safe affordable housing at a fair price right right awesome thank you jay that's uh 
one of the places I always turn to you for is is what's going on in, in the, the economics and the economy and how that affects what we do. Um, I want to keep talking about it, but we're here like at an hour 15 right now. Um, perhaps, <laughs> perhaps you'll have to uh, come back and uh, and we'll, we'll continue this conversation. Would that be all right? It's sooner than later this time. Sooner than later, yes. Okay, we will not wait Absolutely. three more Absolutely. years to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, awesome, Jay. Totally. Before we go, why don't you tell them uh, your your new podcast, um, Cash Flow Diary, right here on iTunes. Go ahead and, and tell them uh, what it's all about and what they can expect to learn over there at Cash Flow Diary. Excellent. Uh, Cash Flow Diary, you're going to learn a lot of the reasons and how to analyze markets. You're going to learn a lot of stuff that you've just heard uh, me share. But at the end of the day, it's going to be how to create cash flow for yourself. I call it a personal cash flow pipeline literally having cash come to your door. Uh, and, and that's the whole point. We've got YouTube. We've got iTunes. Uh, we also have a website. It's cashflowdiary.com. Uh, and, and in fact, just because, because I started out as a wholesaler, uh, what you have is you have the ability to get the, the e-book that teaches you how to do wholesaling the way I did it. Uh, and you have the ability to, to uh, find where I might be teaching cash flow or even come to a webinar. All of that stuff is online. Uh, hopefully you enjoy it. I don't know, but it's all good. And I'm definitely glad uh, for you listening today. And so that you know that you're getting the absolute best, uh, highest quality information you could have access to. Awesome. And you also have a, if I know you put together a free course as well. Is that accurate? The free course changed to the ebook because it turned out to be, it was just too much. It was way too much because the course is now what is called the, the cash flow creation system. What it will do is it'll teach you literally from start to end how to do everything that I do. It is not for the faint of heart, but if you really want to know how to get that done, we'll rip and come out over time so that you have enough time to get all the lessons. But what I learned is that people need money now. That So instead of teaching them the long-term strategy. We're going to focus on giving them some cash now through the wholesaling. So that that's why that is now complimentary and you have the ability to get that. Some people may choose to still become a member of the website and that's great because uh, then uh, they'll have the opportunity to get exposure to everything that it is that we do and duplicate it uh, in quick order. Awesome. Awesome, Jay. Uh, thanks for joining us and we will talk soon, bud. Awesome. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you for spending this time with Matt Terrio and the Epic Real Estate Investing Podcast. When you have a moment, stop by iTunes to leave your comments and let us know what you think of the show. And if you haven't done so already, get started investing today by visiting freerealestateinvestingcourse.com to access Matt's free course, How to Do Deals, No Money Required. Until next time. To your success. To your success. To your success. To your success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>